0: You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magania. Kramer Sanson in the background helping us keep this thing moving the Kansas City Chiefs preseason finale against the cleveland browns and it was a fun game it was a fun game the chiefs come away with a 33 to 32 victory they have uh two first half interceptions that get returned for touchdowns against the browns and there, there's actually quite a bit to take away from this preseason finale that saw most of the chief starters barely get any action um all the big name players did not play at all And the ones that did play really only played on the first series of each unit. And then after that, it was all nothing but backups in the Chiefs preseason finale. But, Rocky, this is about as much as you can ask for from a preseason finale football game. The Chiefs win 33-32 to as the Browns shank a field goal at the end of the game. And they're able to run the clock out. And they were down big early in this one. There's also... Record-breaking crowd at Arrowhead for a preseason football game. This is about as exciting as it gets in the preseason.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, like you said, the starters uh, this week they were a lot like me in high school. Very little, very little action. Um, and uh, they said there was fifty thousand people there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna question it. Like in the first, ha- in the first quarter, there was probably fifty thousand people there. By the time they were interviewing people in the fourth quarter on the sidelines and Jerry McKinnon was talking there was not 50,000 people left in that stadium. But you like to see the engagement, Stephen Serti. You like to see the engagement from Patrick Mahomes on the sideline in the third preseason of, the, of a game that he had nothing to do with, interrupting an interview and say, oh, doggone, there's an interception. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, good old boy out there. You know, like best player to ever play the game, biggest, biggest star in the sport, and he is 100% locked in on the third, on the third preseason of the game, for his teammates, right? Like that was that was something that was awesome to see. And and you told me two weeks ago there wasn't a quarterback battle. You said no, there's not a quarterback battle. I know, there's, you're crazy. There's Andy Reid likes to have a veteran quarterback. There's no quarterback <laughs> battle, Rocky. It's you're you're, you're imagining things. Shane Bouchelle's going to get cut. You know, he's going to be a practice squad guy. Well, I'm not saying that Shane Boucher won well, the won won the job today, but the battle was on.
1: So, as I mentioned, there's a lot to get into, and that includes the backup quarterback battle for the Kansas City Chiefs. That it does appear. I, I really owe you an apology for that. For just assuming like there's no chance, Rocky. Like, don't hype the people up don't act like Shane Bouchelle actually has a chance at beating out Blaine Gabbert because we've seen two weeks in a row. Now the chiefs are giving Shane the nod over Blaine Gabbert before they put, put him in. I, I still tend to think that they're going to keep three quarterbacks in the end and they'll decide if it ever comes up, whether or not they have to put Shane or Blaine in the game. But We'll figure all that out. We got a lot to discuss before we get out of here, before we wrap up the Chiefs preseason and look ahead towards the regular season because it's upon us now. It's going to be quiet over the next week or so, but the following week the Kansas City Chiefs open the NFL season on Thursday night football against the Detroit Lions. So I want to – and what turned out to be a pretty exciting football game for the Chiefs today, it started out really ugly. This this was a very, very sloppy football game out of the gate for – Shane Bouchelle for the defense, just everything was bad. He had the early pick six and then the defense just wasn't looking particularly good. But again, they're playing a bunch of backups. And also, I would like to mention uh, for a lot of people who were like, oh, the Browns look good, finally, because the Browns, for some reason, I've watched a lot of Browns preseason football, because if you remember, Rocky, they were in the Hall of Fame game. So that they were that first preseason game of the of the year. And then they've been on a lot of like prime time kick preseason games for whatever reason and they have not been playing any of their starters in the preseason like they have been sitting everybody and then today in the preseason finale knowing full and well they were likely going up against a lot of backups they decided to play their starters for the entire first quarter so I'm not going to read too much into the Chiefs early game performance in this one because it was backups going against starters. And while I don't think the Browns are a good football team, they do have some talented players in their starting core. So I, I think that that was tough. And I think for the most part, they held their own uh, against the Brown starters, but it was certainly an ugly football game out of the gate for the Kansas City chiefs today.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, it was a lot of the, uh, of the chiefs backups playing against the Brown starters. You know, you had Deshaun Watson in there for uh, the entire first quarter. And he looked like garbage. Thank God. Um, <laughs> he he looked like garbage, which is not surprising to me. I'm not a Deshaun Watson fan. I don't hide it whatsoever. And I'm glad he looked terrible. And he may have put up some stats in the end, but he didn't look like a good quarterback today. Um, and he was playing against a backup defense too. So just, we'll just we'll leave that out there. But um, you know, Shea Buchel at the bat, he's going against the number one defense, and his the receivers did not do him a lot of favors. That first interception was a bad decision. He had, he had the check down to the to the running back there um, when he decided to try to throw it across to, to Justin Ross. It looks like Justin Ross just got tangled up and he didn't get to the spot that Bichelle thought he was going to be in. Juan Thornhill knows his offense inside and out, jumped the route, and he wanted to, you know, Ra- Juan Thornhill wanted to plant a flag in the end zone, right, you know, playing against his former team. So it was a bad throw, bad decision by Bichelle. But beyond that, I mean, you have the drop by Cornell Powell that leads to an interception. Rashi Rice was trying to make this quarterback battle as interesting as possible by dropping passes for both quarterbacks. You know, he 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 dropped a guaranteed touchdown, you know, at one point. On the other drop that he had, he just needed to turn his hands over. Like, it's it's like he, like he didn't make a good in-air adjustment. And listen, I'm a big Rashi Rice fan. I just drafted him in my fantasy league today, and I, I'm really high on him as a player but we're talking three weeks in a row that he's dropped a football that he should have caught. And so at some point you think like, yeah, MVS has a little bit of a drop issues and he's still a very productive player, but do you really want MVS and Rasheed Rice, both out there with drop issues on the field at the same time? You know, it's not something to, that you're going to like, just like say he's a useless player over, but it's definitely something to be alarmed about.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to be too hard on the chiefs rookie wide receiver because um, he's made some plays and he made some plays today, even after having the brutal drops, including that one from Gabbard that know would have been an easy touchdown. And it would have been nice to see him break away and run away from some trailing defenders just to see what that top end speed really looks like with him. But I will also defend him a little bit in that that was a bad football from Blaine Gabbard. That was not an easy pass to catch and it should have been because he was wide open, but it's, it's just tough. He's a rookie wide receiver who's coming from a smaller school and and is getting a lot put on his plate because obviously the chiefs are hopeful that he's going to have an impact this season. I think, Definitively, like through the preseason, I think we've seen more from him than we saw from Sky Moore last year in the preseason. And, and the chiefs have gone out of their way to get him the football. Like I, I think that his yard after catch ability and tackle breaking ability, like w- we've seen now two weeks in a row, really how strong he is after the catch and how hard he is to tackle and bring down. And I think the chiefs have identified that as part of his game and something that they can deploy him in as a rookie, as a, a guy that, can go can take a three yard pass and get you 12 because he's just a handful to bring down so I don't want to be too critical of him the drops are an issue sure you mentioned MVS who we know is going to drop passes every year but MVS's role is solidified like he is a starting wide receiver so I don't think the Chiefs are that concerned about it obviously you got to clean that up and get that figured out I just felt like at the start of this game too and you know maybe it's preseason finale you know the starters aren't going to be out there you know it's all on the backups and all these reserve players who are fighting for roster spots it just felt like there was a little bit of anxiousness and and nervousness out of the gate today from the young players and the guys that are on the roster bubble to try to go out there and make plays which you know you you tell yourself as a fan it's a meaningless preseason game But this is the biggest game of a lot of these players' lives. And and this is potentially like a life-changing opportunity if they can fight their way onto the roster and get an NFL paycheck and get guaranteed some kind of NFL salary on an initial 53-man roster in the NFL. So I I don't even fault them for that stuff. But it was certainly sloppy and hard to watch out of the gate today.
2: Well, 100%. And you made an excellent point there that yeah, like this is some guys' Super Bowl. This is like for some guys today, unfortunately, they've worked their entire lives to be football players. And the dream is ending today for some of those guys. Like this will be the last game they play. And that sucks. Like that that really sucks. And for and for a rookie like Rasheed Rice, who we know is going to make the team, and he's going to probably have a pre productive career for us. It, you're right. It's just, it is something that needs to be cleaned up. Um, Jamal Charles had huge fumbling issues young and early in his career tony gonzalez oh, I mean,
1: had, had fumbling issues his entire career. Well, his entire career yeah
2: yeah and and tony gonzalez had drop issues early in his career he had one season i think where he led the league in drops you know like he and so it's something that the, the players can improve on and i think that he could can improve on it's just something to i think we need to monitor going forward but you hit on a really good point i think with these guys where they're they're life-changing opportunities here like you have a guy like like Lamichael michael p per- ryan who has an honest to god chance of making this roster right now who i think came out and just looked amazing you have guys like amir smith Marset who i thought was dead in the water and may have looked like the most electric player on offense today i mean you know justin ross had a really good game as well and so yeah. i mean it's it's interesting
1: I want to, I want to get to the Michael P Ryan, because I agree with you. I I think he is going to make this roster with his his late training camp and these last two preseason games with his performance in that. But I want to stick in that wide receiver room. And we talked about how sloppy this offense was for pretty much the whole first quarter, but the chiefs offense finally got it going in the second quarter where Shane Bouchel puts up a nine play 90 yard drive that ended in this beautiful Justin Ross touchdown, that is going to keep chiefs fans going for the next couple of weeks while they wait for the chiefs to take the field in week one of the regular season. This is the type of thing that you can get out of Justin Ross that I'm not sure anyone outside of Travis Kelsey on this team offers. Like I know Rasheed rice is a bigger body wide receiver, but Ross is even different because we've seen in the preseason so far, he's got some route running ability and it's serious route running ability. Like, he can get open that way like he, he might not be the fastest guy on the football field, but he's so long and his strides are so big and he's such a good route runner already that he can get himself open that way. And then he's got the size mismatch to go up and get the football this way. And we talk about a, a tight end like Jody Fortson, who is a lock to make this roster and now might never play for the Chiefs again after going on IR. Justin Ross can find a role on this team this year, even if he's not a guy that winds up playing like 70% of the snaps for the chiefs this year and winds up being a significant part of the offense. Like if he's just a rotational wide receiver and they really are going to rotate five or six guys, the entirety of the season, Justin Ross can be a weapon specifically like this, just in the red zone in these red zone packages where Patrick Mahomes can just throw the football up to him. And that's something chiefs fans should be really excited about. Because Travis Kelsey is the only guy we've ever really had who Mahomes can just throw it up and Kelsey can just sky up in the end zone and go up and get the football. Justin Ross can do that too. And he looks really good doing it. And Chiefs fans should be really excited about him right now. I mean, that was, what,
2: 70% of Jody Fortson's value to the team jody yeah hey hey jody fortson developed us very nicely as a run blocker do not besmirch jody fortson's name in front of me i am a big fan but no <laughs> yeah it was he was a red zone target that was let's be honest that's what he was and that's exactly what well Justin ross has the ability to be you know a, a you know a starting wide receiver in this league i think eventually but out of the gates on this team this year yeah red zone targets all day baby because he's a he makes he makes 50-50 balls, you know, 65-35 balls, right? You know, and, and anytime you have that kind of size mismatch and you have a guy who can jump like that, just let him go out there and high point it. I mean, what how many of Randy Moss's touchdowns were either high pointed balls like that or him just running away from the player? Right. I yeah. mean, it's really those are the those are the two type of, of catches that Randy Moss made in his career. he he's the greatest of all time to do it. So I'm not saying you know, Ross is going to be Randy Moss, but I mean, you can make a nice living in the NFL, just high pointing balls in the red zone.
1: Yeah. And you know, as they continue to develop him as a wide receiver and get him comfortable in the offense, this is a simple way to get him on the field early in the year. And man, it it is really, really hard not to be uh, hyped about Justin Ross right now, because I do think that what we've seen from him in the preseason has shown that if he is healthy and the Chiefs seem to believe he is truly healthy, and this is the first time he's been healthy since last season, and really in a couple of years, like he could be a difference maker for this football team. And I think we're gonna see his playing time increase as the season goes on. And maybe the same thing is can be said about Rasheed Rice because last week Rasheed Rice was getting the snaps clearly over Justin Ross. And now this week with the starters sitting they were both playing a lot and Rasheed rice played into the second half. And I I wonder if he played into the second half of this football game because of the issues he had in the first half. And because the chiefs were like, we can't have him sitting around lingering on this for two weeks. We just got to keep him in there and and keep him getting involved and keep getting him reps to show him. You got to move past it and and just keep trying to go out there and make plays. And Rasheed rice did have a couple of nice plays in the second half. So I think those were important reps for him, but I think through the entirety of the preseason, we've seen that both of these guys are going to be fighting for playing time this season. And both of them are going to have opportunities to have roles on offense. Now, a guy that we've probably overlooked because of how deep this wide receiver room. And it also says a lot about Richie James, by the way, who, Play, played a couple of snaps uh, on the first opening drive of the game and then was out the rest of the game. MVS didn't play at all. Sky Moore was in for a couple snaps. Justin Watson was in for a couple snaps. Those are the guys that, that are above Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice right now. Like We can definitively say that heading into the season. In a month from now, that could be a totally different case, but that's the way that it is set up right now. But a guy that we have really overlooked outside of last week's game against the Arizona Cardinals is Amir Smith-Marset who continues to just ball out in the preseason. And he, he went for over 100 yards a day, had a long touchdown from Blaine Gabbert, and looked like the most explosive guy in the second half for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it wasn't really that close. And, you know, it, it's a bummer because he's a player that I think our team at Arrowhead Pride has really liked for a while now. But I just don't know where the path for him to make this team comes from. And he looks great, and he feels like a prime candidate to initial 53. We got to release you. But if you clear waivers, you are our first call for the practice squad. And based on what he's done in the preseason, I just don't see him clearing waivers and making it back to the Chiefs practice squad at this point.
2: No, I don't see him clearing waivers, making the Chiefs practice squad at this point either. Not with that frame. Like if he was five foot ten and putting up these numbers, maybe, but he's got size, length, speed. I um, mean, he's a guy that, yeah, I was I was super high on him coming out last year, and I was I was surprised that he was available for the Chiefs to acquire him on their practice squad last year. Um he's, he's a guy who looks like he's taken a massive step forward, a guy who knew that he needed today in order to have an opportunity. And yeah, you look at the you look at the 53 man roster and you say, Man, what? what is the path forward for him making the team? And then you think, is he so good? Can you afford not have him on the team?
1: Well, and the editor in chief of Arrowhead pride, Pete Sweeney, I think tweeted out during the game after the Amir Smith, Marset long touchdown, just whatever, just keep eight wide receivers. I, I don't care anymore. And well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but then you have to make a tough decision somewhere else. And is it a tight end? Do you keep two tight
2: ends off the bat? Yeah. Cut Blake Bell, cut Bushman?
1: And I mean, I think if you, cut Blake Bell, if you cut Blake Bell and, and Matt Bushman, I think those guys will be available to revert back to your practice squad if you want to bring them back. I don't think Amir Smith-Marset's going to be.
2: Yeah. And so you almost have to play that game right there. You think, okay, who am I going to need to break glass in case of emergency and who's going to be there, right? And at this point, Amir Smith-Marset is a much it's much more valuable chip than than a guy like a matt bushman or or a blake bell i mean uh there's so many
1: decisions to be made steven And there's so many good players
2: on this on this offensive roster
1: before we get out of here we'll talk about that a little bit uh because you know next week by the way uh arrowhead pride we are going to our full regular season lineup starting on monday so starting monday we will have a different show for you every single day of the week monday through sunday um Next week, we won't have one on Sunday because we'll be waiting on the Chiefs to start the regular season, but once the regular season starts, we'll be right here with a rapid reaction show immediately following every Chiefs game, but starting next week, we will have shows for you every single day on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, and on Tuesday, cut down day, we will have a live edition of the Out of Structure Podcast, where uh, several of us will, will be jumping on to immediately react to the Chiefs' initial 53-man roster, so make sure you're out on the, on the lookout for that on Tuesday, but I want to talk about that stuff a little bit before we get out of here, but you mentioned Lamichael P Ryan and I want to talk about him because we, I think we had this idea that this running back room was totally set. And I still think that it is to an extent, like it's obviously Isaiah Pacheco. It's Jerick McKinnon. And I was talking with show and BK a little bit uh, in the group chat before we came on here. And, you know, Brandon, Kylie's like Lamichael P Ryan's better than Clyde and well, that might, may very well be the case. I think Clyde's role on this team is absolutely solidified, like or at least on the roster. Maybe he's not going to have a significant role offensively for this team this year, but he is going to make the team unless the, the Chiefs decide that to trade him or somebody offers them something with, you know, there's some running back needy teams out there who maybe don't want to pay top dollar for a veteran like Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette or something like that. You could have Clyde pretty cheap, probably. But barring something like that manifesting, Clyde is on this team. And we thought Deneric Prince was going to be that guy. And after this crazy hot start to training camp where everybody was raving about all the plays he was making, he has just totally faded and kind of disappeared to where he has been totally relegated to he is only returning kicks when he's with the third and fourth string teams. He is only getting handoffs in the late third and fourth quarter of preseason games. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with LaMichael Pirine's quiet performance in training camp and ascension throughout throughout training camp and throughout the preseason where he looks really good. And he had that long touchdown today where he's breaking tackles and looking fantastic. Like LaMichael Pirine, I think, is probably going to make this team. And after the, these performances that he's put together in back-to-back weeks, he definitely deserves it.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's the guy where when the opportunity was presented to him that he – he did that, he did that Eminem eight mile like, like you, like, you get one shot, one opportunity, you got to seize it, right? And and he, he's a guy who wasn't highly recruited in college and then might kind of made his own way in college. He's a guy who wasn't drafted in the NFL, kind of made his own way. He liked to root for those guys, especially when those guys can pass protect and they look electric with the ball in their hands. And it's not you're right. Like maybe he does look better than Clyde Edwards Hilaire right now, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire is guaranteed, you know, to, he has two point five million dollars of dead cap attached to his name. Like the Chiefs aren't going to just cut Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So unless they find a trade partner, they're they're not going to move on from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So so you're you're looking at the Chiefs keeping four running backs and them keeping P Ryan over Generic Prince, which at this point, I think with Amir Smith-Marset returning kicks like he did today, with Richie James returning kicks like he has all preseason, I think it's it's a no-brainer at this point that that you go with P. Ryan over generic Prince.
1: Yeah, and maybe the Chiefs still like Prince enough that he's a player who could come back to their practice squad if they release him. But I, I think it's pretty clear that a guy it felt like we thought was going to be a lock for this team. And like another one of these like undrafted fines for the Kansas city chiefs hasn't really manifested that way through the preseason. And it's a bummer for generic Prince, but I think the Chiefs still like him. I think he's still a practice squad candidate and they would like to bring him back and give him a chance to develop a little bit if they can. But We'll see how that goes. And yeah, I, I I forgot to even mention like Isaiah Pacheco finally got some contact. And and we we saw him put get his get his non-contact jersey taken off this week. And this was always the timeline the Chiefs had kind of leaked out there that you know this week was the week they were gonna try to ramp him back up, see how everything's doing after the offseason shoulder surgery. And he only had the one carry, I believe, Uh, but he showed the pop and he showed the angry Isaiah Pacheco run that you want to see. So I I think Chiefs fans should be excited about that. It's also worth mentioning that Tershawn Wharton got in the mix and got some snaps today. And that's big for him because both of those guys, that was the first preseason action they have seen uh, so far. And both of them getting in a game and getting to hit some people, I, I think, is big. Tershawn Wharton could wind up being really important for this defensive line while the Chris Jones saga continues to play out. And at this point, we have absolutely no idea if Chris Jones is going to be there week one for the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: No idea whatsoever. And at least you you can't count on him for a full snap count, even even if he is there at this point. Um, And, yeah, I'm a big Turk Wharton fan. Have you seen the size of that man's thighs? That man... (laughs) looks like he could leg press the state of Texas the entire state of Texas all at once that man has the biggest legs I've ever seen um, but another guy that showed out who I kind of want to talk about a little bit is rookie you know Felix Aneduke Uzoma I mean have you seen after throughout, throughout these 3 weeks of the preseason it looks like he's steadily ramped up and gotten better and better and better but my goodness in the open field I can't think of an edge rusher in the last five years that the Chiefs have had who's faster. Like he looks like he's the fastest and most athletic edge rusher that the Chiefs have had in a really long time.
1: Yeah, he looks explosive. Um, he he looks really good through the last couple of preseason games, and he looks like the most versatile pass rusher that they might have on the team right now outside of Chris Jones. Um, And, you know, Charles Amenahu got a sack today. Joshua Kando looked pretty good in the second half there. I think he's another roster bubble player who is a young guy who's had some injuries and, you know, trying to find a role for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, But he had a nice second half today. And, you know, Felix, I think we've really underestimated how important Felix and his development is going to be to the early season Kansas City Chiefs defensive line because – we don't know if chris jones is going to be there. we know for a fact charles Amenahu is not going to be available for the first 6 weeks of the season. and so this defensive line that we initially thought uh, especially at the edge and pass rush that we thought was going to be this huge strength for this defense and you know their young secondary going into year 2 for a lot of these players and ready to take a step and become one of the better defenses in the NFL. That's all kind of gone out the window with Chris Jones and his absence and this ongoing negotiation or lack of negotiation. So seeing Felix look like he deserved to be that first-round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, is a big win coming out of the preseason. Oh, it's a huge win.
2: Um, and it it, it it gives you an opportunity to kind of just, like, slow down, take a deep breath, think that the Chiefs can weather the storm while this all, all sorts out. They still got George Karloftis, who – who continues to look like, like a better player than he was last year. Uh, really honestly, it might not even be the pass rush where they missed the, where they missed Jones the most. Danny Shelton did not look good today. The slim down new and improved Danny Shelton did, yeah, not, that was did a not play well today. That was a bummer because the chiefs need a guy like him to step up and to be able to be like that big body in the middle, especially on run defense. And that, it was really disappointing to see him play the way that he did. Um, but man, there's so many roster bubble guys that you just want to root yeah. for. Like Khalif Halasi looked great today. DiCaprio yeah.
1: Boodle got a pick. He's Halasi. I think is a prime another prime practice squad candidate. He's made plays in the preseason and in back to back games. He he was making plays for the Chiefs defense late in the football game um Keandre Coburn is another guy we haven't seen a ton of but we've seen him getting kind of slowly getting more and more work with the with the upper echelon unit on the defense and uh, I think he's a guy that hopefully you can see something out of him um you know I know he's a late round pick but he was a highly touted defensive lineman out of Texas and so you hope the Chiefs can develop him into something there but There's reason to be concerned uh, about this defensive line, especially going into week one. I know it's against the Detroit Lions, and you think to yourself, it's the Lions. Why would we care about the Lions? But the Lions actually have one of the three to five best offensive lines in football, and they're coming off a year where they were one of the best offenses in the league, and they're probably better this season. So it should be a little bit concerning. Yeah, they added a little
2: guy named Jameer Gibbs very early (laughs) in the draft who may have been the best, you know, athlete. In the in the draft last year, he might be the most electric player in the entire draft. And if they get him the ball out in space, or they they get the ball behind that offensive, give him the ball behind that offensive line, it could get ugly fast. And it could we could find ourselves in a situation where where Mahomes is having to you know go toe to toe right out of the gates and try to and try to slug our way you know through this game because while this defense has the ability to be a top 10 defense, it's also going to take some time to gel, I think. And I think that as as the, as the season goes on and as the Chris Jones situation can, starts to resolve itself and we start getting Charles and Manahue back, by, by the time we hit week eight, nine, like this is going to be a totally different looking defense and it's going to look against the Detroit Lions. So looking forward to the Detroit Lions, you almost are thinking to yourself that on the
1: defensive side of the ball, that's just a game they have to survive. And before we get out of here, we have to mention DiCaprio Boodle, who has had a rough preseason in training camp, did come up with a big late game interception that helped lead the Chiefs to this comeback win. And then that led to a Matt Bushman touchdown from Chris Oladukin. And Oladukin's looks good too. And Matt Bushman's a roster bubble guy. So you just like to see that late game connection from them, And especially in a game that was so close, the Chiefs came back and won. But we don't need to spend greatest comeback. Greatest comeback in
2: chiefs history today. Ladies and gentlemen, I,
1: I just want to shout Bushman. Out before we get out of here. But again, I want to remind you guys, if you're listening to us on the podcast page, we'll have all the post game press conferences available for you uh, immediately after the break. Um, and coming up live on Tuesday, we'll have a live edition of out of structure as we break down the chief's initial 53 man roster. And, Rocky, there's a lot of questions to be answered uh, about this 53 and some kind of complicated navigation to be had because barring a a, a last-minute like emergency Chris Jones extension that gets worked out, the Chiefs cap is kind of in a rough spot right now. They currently do not have enough money on the books to pay their entire 53-man roster along with the practice squad which means they could have to get creative on Tuesday and make some difficult decisions that they don't want to make. And a lot of that comes back to them not being able to get this deal done with Chris Jones. So it's, it could be complicated on Tuesday and we could see them have to let go of some players that we are not expecting them to let go of. I mean, a hundred
2: percent. And, and while you hope that Jones is going to be here, you can't count on it by any means. And like, it would be shocking to see a guy that you that you that you fully expect to make this roster like I don't know just just for what I know gray right like I 100% think that there's no chance that, that the, the no great doesn't make this roster but there's gonna be a guy like that most likely that you're gonna wake up or, or be checking your phone on Tuesday afternoon you're gonna be like what the heck like what like, like why and the Chiefs are gonna lose that guy and it's just it's just in the nature of the salary cap, and it's going to happen around the league too. So even if a guy makes the fifty man three man roster, call us a week from now because guys who get dropped off of other teams are going to be picked up by the Chiefs or another team around the league too. So this is a never evolving situation.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it plays out for the Kansas City Chiefs on Tuesday. That deadline's at three p.m. Arrowhead time, but. Uh, before we get out of here, please make sure, as always, you follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magania. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serda, that's where you can find me. Again, the Arrowhead Pride full regular season lineup rolls out on Monday. We will have a show for you each and every day of the week, all throughout the entire NFL season, covering the defending Super Bowl champions like nobody else can. So uh, we're excited the preseason's over, and now it's on to the regular season, and we're going to find out if the Kansas City Chiefs can try to repeat as Super Bowl champions. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday.
4: hold the guys back, which is a positive thing. Um, Leo had a hip pointer on the fumble recovery. Um, Cole Christensen hurt his ribs. Uh, Powell had a little bit of a hamstring. Wanya Morris, a little bit of a shoulder. Cam Jones, concussion. Uh, Furukasi had a concussion. So um, these are all things the guys will be able to come back from. I appreciate the fight that the guys had throughout the game. It was great to get the twos and threes, the work they did. Um, again, this helps Brett. And the final evaluation and it helps the guys, the ones that don't make the team, have an opportunity to hook on somewhere else uh, with, with the tape that they put put out there. So all in all, it's good to have it finished up. Good that we're relatively healthy, and we move on to a real good Lions team. With that, time's yours. you next you,
1: you guys?
4: Yeah, so Brett will get with his guys um, tomorrow morning, um, and then the coaches will grade the tape, get that in for uh, their final, the coaches' final evaluation on uh, you know the guys playing, and then Brett will shake it all up and come out with the the best group uh, that we think can help us here. And um, yeah, it's always this is the toughest day. I mean, that's uh, when you, when you have to when you have to make the cuts because these guys have busted their tail through all the OTAs and then through uh, the training camp. So uh, then you got, you know, they all can't be here, unfortunately.
1: If every year is unique, but what's going to make this one difficult for you guys? What you've
4: seen yeah, I mean, there's some, listen, there's some tough spots, uh, guys competing there uh, at certain spots. And so, you know, we've got to, you know, we've got to make sure we make the right decision there. Looks like wide receivers will <clears throat> spots. Is yeah, potentially, know, maybe there to, to yeah potentially, yeah. You gotta look at numbers and you have to you know how many you're gonna keep at each spot and that's one of them. So, why, you also have to include special teams. I mean, how do the guys help you on special teams? So how do you evaluate the quarterbacks today? yeah, so I, I saw some some good things. I, um, saw a couple of things we need to work on. We had, Obviously, too many turnovers, um, and they cost us points, so you can't have that for sure. But there are some good things in there, too. Andy, the, the
2: trend of she seems to be get, gets open quite a bit. Yeah. When he's been engaged with him, there's an issue with the drops. just you you're able
4: to see that's the walk you're struggling in now? Is it concerning entering the season? He's got a lot of talent. He's just got to the, hang on to the ball. I mean, you know, he's got good hands. Uh, you know, he's just got to focus in on it, squeeze it, and – Catch it first, and you can go do your thing after that. So he'll get, it will be all right. He's just got to keep working through it. Coach, in the past you have kept three, uh, three quarterbacks and two quarterbacks in different years. How much does the emergency quarterback rule if they change the options so they can come to play? Yeah, we'll we'll see how that how that works out for us. Um, you know, you still have to count the numbers on it, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I think it's a good rule. It's a good rule to have. But see how we utilize it. And are you expecting Harry's coming back to practice whatever it is you guys practice next? Uh possibly. Uh, possibly. We'll just say you're kind of taking that one day by day, but he's doing great right now. And and the thing jumped out, he was having a champ. Yeah, Nick's uh too. he's actually doing doing okay. Um so we didn't have to have the surgery out, so that was a good thing. So, no right, surgery. right. And can
2: you assess the microphone when you saw it?
4: Yeah, kind of. I liked what I saw. He did a nice job. Yeah, played really well. Good balance. Um, and we know he can catch well, and he seemed to see everything pretty clearly. I think. The early indication that Isaiah had and Terd Morgan came out okay in their initial action here. Yeah, no, it was good to get those two in the game. Didn't need to be a lot. Just uh, them get their adrenaline knocked off a little bit. So. Uh, he to that yeah, Blaze on a he did a nice job. Yeah. So good competition that for that second position there, you know. And he's part of that, yep. Did a nice job. Anything else? All right,
3: Rick. Okay.
0: What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the ProvG Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself.